Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Well, she can have Hondo back, but I... Really? I really... Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to do that. And I it didn't seem it hard to say. You're the first litigant in my life who's ever said that. <laughs> it seemed really easy to say. This is the plaintiff, Tawana Grant. She says she purchased the puppy from the defendant, and the vet said the puppy has a defective condition and should never have been sold. She's suing the defendant for $2,490.50 for the cost of the dog and vet bills. This is the defendant, Lynn Juas. She says the dog had a very common problem among the breed, and it corrects itself with neutering. This woman had the dog in her possession for a year, and she's not returning any money to her because she sold a healthy dog. She's accused of refusing a refund. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is not presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Grant, so about two years ago, you purchased a baby Rottweiler from Ms. Yuhas, correct? Yes. How much did you pay? $1,800. And was there a problem with the puppy? The whole time I had spoke with Lynn, through the time that the um, mother was pregnant up until the day we picked him up, she kept us informed, and she told me on his visit that he had a testicle that had not descended. And it was very okay. common. It could come down. You know, she said usually they come down about six months. So as we started going through his vet appointments, the testicle never dropped. And I kept her informed. Okay, can I, I ask you something? Her, Did she ever offer to you to for you to wait for another litter rather than taking this dog if it made you nervous or anything like that? She said, if you feel funny about it, you could wait for the next litter, but it's really, this is common. So we said, okay. So as time went on, and every time I went to an appointment, I would text her and tell her, you know, Honda was good. He's doing this, that, and the third, but his testicle still has not dropped. And then the vet started to explain to me that if the testicle did not drop, that it could look, it could be cancerous. They might have to go do an extra surgery 
to go into his abdomen to find the testicle, you know, things like that. And um, when I first met Lynn and I found Lynn online, we've developed a very good relationship. You were able to speak and I'm not trying to do anything negative to her or to her business at all. I just really wanted to have this settled. And I just felt like as we started going along the process, she was like, um, you know, more concerned with me wanting the money back. And that was not the case. So I had said well, to her- Well, tell me about the process. So what ends up happening? Did your dog get cancer? No, he doesn't have cancer. Um, he did have to have the surgery for them to go in an extra, you know, all the way into his stomach for the testicle. Um, and they found it up in there somewhere. They found it up in there, but along the way, he would never. When you say he had to have surgery to go ahead and get it, are you saying a surgery different than the neutering surgery or did that happen during the neutering? It It happened during the neutering, but it was in addition to, and for this extra surgery, it was $587 extra to go in and do that in addition to a bacterial analysis that they had to take prior to that because his um, bacterial levels were high. And All right, I, so what is it you're suing for here today? What is it you want to see done? Well, she can have Hondo back, but I... Really? I really... Yeah, I, it's hard to say. It's hard to do that, and I It don't didn't seem hard to say. You're the first litigant in my life who's ever said that. <laughs> it seemed really easy to say. It's easy. What's to say the problem? Judge, if it got solved with an extra five hundred dollars, what's the problem? Why would you want to give Hondo back? You've had Hondo but, for two years. But something wow. is just not right, and this is where Lynn and I disagreed because he would never housebreak. It did not matter what is done; he will not housebreak. And we went to um, professional training. We went to. Um, elimination training, I guess they call it, to help him, you know, put the bell by the door or, you know, for him to give us a signal on, you know, that he needed to go outside. And we would do all of that, and he will not housebreak. So I have said to what's, her... What's the dog actually doing? Is the dog um, going to the bathroom in your house and you're constantly having to clean it? Or is the dog going to the bathroom in the crate and you're always having to clean that? What is it that's actually happening? It's in the crate. In the crate. So then you have to clean the dog, and, too. Right. Do you think that that had anything to do with a a non-descending testicle? I thought so, but the vet said no. No. But you don't have any any evidence of that. In fact, the evidence is to the contrary. Your vet specifically writes in the report that your vet explained to you that one thing has nothing to do with the other. Ms. Yuhas, when was the first time that Ms. Grant started to ask for her money back or indicate to you that there was a problem that wasn't a problem you had already told her about? I did not hear anything um, about wanting her money back or to give back the dog. Basically, I looked at it as there's nothing wrong with the dog. Neutering is the, the solution. And Miss Grant wasn't giving the dog time or her vet time to neuter the dog. So I did not hear anything from Miss Grant about wanting her money back until February 8th. Okay, uh, well, let me ask you this. Did she try February to get 8th. you involved in the potty training of the dog? She did, and I referred her to a trainer. That is, I'm a breeder. Um, Once you purchase the dog, it is yours. I am here to help support, but not train your dog. Um, That's not my my forte. I train my own dogs. And if she had a problem housebreaking, I 
had referred her to see a trainer or, you know, speak with her vet. So I on also, February you know, 8th, she sends you a text at 7.14 in the morning. Good morning. This is not getting better. And from my research and what is being told to me by my vet, it won't. But that's not accurate. Your vet didn't say that. Research is telling me that as of now, five months old, his testes will not drop. We have tried everything and nothing is working. Now, if the testes doesn't drop th during neutering, the vet should be able to take care of it, correct? Yes, ma'am. Um, this is not normal. It is greatly affecting his quality of life. I've always shared with you that I do not want to have to put down another dog. And if he has this issue and the testes can't be located, we will run the risk of cancer. Who, where did all that come from? Because I've looked at the vet bills and the vet reports, and I don't see that either. I don't see that they the can't vet. locate it. I see that they could locate it. Yeah, they located it, but they located it in his abdomen. Right, well, that's not can't be located. That's we know exactly where it is. All right, and mm -hmm. we'll run the risk of cancer. When did the vet ever tell you that you run the risk of cancer? Where does it say that your dog will get cancer? Yeah, and he didn't put that there, and so that's my fault. But he no, did explain it's not to in me. There. Okay, all right, I got it. So when the vet did the surgery, the vet did locate the, the testicle, right? And remove the testicle, yes. right? In his abdomen, yep. Okay. Yes. All right. Now, your position, and maybe we need to call the vet, your position is, hey, judge, neutering is on me, and yep. neutering is part of my plan. That 500 and something yes. didn't come out of my plan. I had to pay it, and I had to pay it because the testicle never descended. That's right. your position, right? Okay. Yes. yes. So... Do you have proof of payment of the 587? Yes, I do. Let me talk to you, Ms. Yuhas. Um, she tells you sometime in February that she wants her money back. When does she tell you that she wants to give you Hondo back? She never did. Never. No, I never sold her that. Just today is the first time I've ever heard that. Now, at some point, you offer for her to take the dog to your vet, and you say... And she says, done all that, your vet is no different than mine, so bottom line is you really don't stand by your pups. I believe that the issue is the money for you. For us, no. I am saying a refund, another pup, or court. We paid, as we said, and never asked for anything other than a good, healthy baby. To which you respond, I'm really taken aback by your comment. I do stand behind my dogs. I am asking you to neuter him, and let's see where the road takes us. This is the main course of action, which by your terms would correct why you cannot housebreak him. If, in fact, your vet is incapable of locating and removing both testicles in his or her surgery, then I will take Hondo Pup back. So here's the deal. Right. You feel then, if I understand you correctly, that the umbilical cord, yada, yada, is not your problem. Bacteria is not your no. problem. The only thing that was no. at issue is the undescended testicle. If it was covered with uh, simple neutering, it is not your problem because that's what you always disclose to her. If it wasn't solved, if the undescended testicle, which was still undescended at, by the time of the neutering, wasn't solved with simple neutering, if she had to pay extra than a neutering charge, do you feel that that you would need to cover? No, because prior to her purchasing the puppy, she was told that it had an undescended testicle. I would okay, so then that, explain you know, to me why you kept saying over and over, you're being impatient, let's talk after the neutering. Just because you figured that the neutering would solve it and then there would be nothing to complain about? Well, basically, um, I felt that once they neutered the dog, there would 
like I said, it would solve the housebreaking issue because that's what she was blaming on was Andy Sunday-Tusco. I really don't and care the about the housebreaking issue. I don't right, know how I'm to make this one, clear. One goes with the it other. is unrelated no. to the testicle according to your own vet. The only thing I am concerned about is if she had to pay extra beyond neutering because the problem didn't solve itself. Wouldn't, and the only reason I'm grilling you on this is because you say so many times during the text to her that you stand by your pups and you and let's yes. see if the neutering solves it, if neutering doesn't solve it. So if she, she right now she has zero proof that neutering didn't solve it. I agree with you. The only thing she shows is that her neutering happened. Right. If she's able to show that there was some other surgery required, would you say that that is something that you should be standing behind or would you say that you still shouldn't be responsible for that. Let me ask you a question, Ms. Grant. Once the neutering happened, did your, was your dog able to be properly potty trained or still hasn't? No. So no. it's still a problem? Yep. Do you happen to have your plan for me to look at? I can send it to you. It's a couple of pages long. I didn't know you needed it. I don't have a problem sending it no, to you. No, I don't know that I do need it. I don't know that I do need it. Um, because here's really the deal. We're at trial now, and mm -hmm. you're supposed to show me you had to pay. You're, first, you're supposed to show me, let's say the first thing you're, you're suing for, because you're suing for $2,500. The first thing you want is your money back, and you want to return the dog. That's not going to happen. That's not the law, and I'm not going to order that. The next thing you want is, hey, based on your representations, neutering should have solved it, and neutering didn't. I had to pay $587.50 for, for an additional surgery. And I, and I need you to prove that. And you haven't proved that. Um, and you should pay for the bacterial analysis because I wasn't counting on that, but why should she? If it's all stuff you knew about beforehand, then it's stuff you knew about beforehand. These are all things that were explained to you early on and you took the dog anyway and things worked out exactly the way they were supposed to, that neutering took care of it. The only thing neutering didn't take care of is your dog's inexplicable lack of potty training, none of which, according to your own vet, has anything to do with a non-descended testicle. I am ruling in this case for the defendant. Thank you. So the defendant prevails in this lawsuit. You know, I was, I was intrigued when you said you'd give the dog up after having a dog for two years. It's awfully hard to give up a, a pup. Yeah, it, it is. Don't, wouldn't yeah, you be? It is. You know? Yeah, very, so, very much so, yeah. Yeah. And you seem you've done everything possible. You've talked to trainers. and I have a suggestion for you. Oh. Search out on the Internet, and you can find them now, psychics who communicate with animals. I only mention this because oh, I've so interviewed nice. them before. And they're out oh, there. Good. They may be able to talk to your dog and <laughs> make him change his ways. It's a shot in the dark. Well, bless but it your might heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, good luck to you. I hope you work things out. All right, let's talk to the defendant, Ms. Ms. Juhas. Um, yes. Would you take the dog back if you had to at this point? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm here for the life of our dogs, and I have had four dogs come back and found them wonderful homes again. So if he's in, not in a loving home, then absolutely. Okay, very good. Well, that's good to know. All right, well, that'll wrap it up for the case then. And that's the way it stands right now. The defendant has prevailed. Let's see what the judges have to say now. You've had a lot of buyer-breeder cases over the course of your career. And I 
don't think, I think you mentioned you've never had another one like never. this where somebody was going, you've had them where the dog ends up blind, the dog ends up uh, unable to walk, the dog's in an iron lung, I don't know what else, <laughs> but, but the, the person in I've never had says, a plaintiff say, I, we won't, we won't I'd rather get that 1800 and I'll just give you back this dog. Right. They'll just People sue for other stuff. They won't dogs. sue for the purchase price of the dog because they refuse to give up the dog. I've right. never had a plaintiff say, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give up the dog, just give me my Yeah, 18. you seem like you were taken aback a little I bit by that. Shocked. Right? I a was little bit shocked. shocked because man, we bond with our dogs. Come yeah. on. But, uh, and certainly this plaintiff had a chance early on, was given a heads up that the dog had the undescended testicle and that she would have a chance to get a different one. She could have said, no, no, I don't want that one, I'll wait. She just want, right. She could have, she could have yeah. had, her, I'm sure, her deposit back at that point and then just wait for another litter um, because that's, exa that, that's what the breeder said. Do you want to wait for a different litter? Right. And, you know, because this happened and she said, nope. Nope, I want it. So she must have done her research on whether it would be a problem, and it's a very common thing. It right. could not be a problem. And then she takes the dog to the vet after she, and the vet tells her, that's ah, not going to be a problem. I don't know. My impression, what's yours, that she's just frustrated that the dog won't potty train? That really seems to be the nub of the problem here. And I was, I was impressed, too, by uh, the defendant saying at the end, yeah, of course I'd take Hondo back. And, you know, that's how we feel about our pets. You know, Mark Twain said, heaven goes by... David wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, uh, let's say I win a case in small claims court for five grand and the person lost their job from COVID. How do I collect the money? Well, you know, first of all, I think we all have to be a little bit compassionate here, a lot compassionate given what's going on. At the same time, uh, if you want a judgment, you're entitled to the money. You should know that in most states, these judgments are good for 10 years. So even if you can't collect now because of what's going on in this world, uh, you may be able to collect down the line. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Angela Nunez. She says she rented an apartment from the defendant and it had all sorts of problems which were never fixed in a timely manner. She had to move out due to the terrible conditions and is suing for the $4,000 she is now owed. This is the defendant, Jeffrey. He says he sent the plaintiff a refund of $1,425 after some deductions for damages, and she's been fairly refunded for her security. The plaintiff was a bad tenant who slacked on paying the rent on time. He did everything by the book and owes nothing. He's accused of bad landlording. All parties, please raise your right hands. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says she was a really good tenant. She cannot fathom why the defendant, her landlord, uh, is keeping her security deposit. But the defendant says the plaintiff was a terrible tenant who never paid her rent on time, and he's entitled to keep her dough. It's the case of give me my money back or else. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome.
All right, Ms. Nunez, you lived in the apartment managed by Mr. Jeffrey. You lived there for how long? One year? Uh, no, I lived there for almost four years. Four years. Okay. And if it was my understanding from your complaint is that there were problems, the problems weren't addressed well, why did you keep renewing? Um, I didn't really have the choice, but most of the problems started the last um, year that we were there. All right, so you decide you're not going to renew, you're moving. I don't know whether your boyfriend and you break up then or before or after, it doesn't matter. But the bottom line is that you wanted your security deposit back, and what did the defendant tell you? Um, that they were only going to offer um, less than what I was uh, going to agree on. Did you do a walkthrough? I did do a walkthrough, and um, when I Who did Who did the you walk do a walkthrough with, Mr. Jeffrey or someone else? Um, Lance, their realtor and broker. Okay, and when you did the walkthrough, were there any complaints? No, there was just um, about a dirty fan and um, threshold on the carpet, and then I missing and, and was on. Right. Yeah, correct. Okay. And that was it. Um, so what was wrong with it, and why did you deduct so much from the security deposit? The security deposit was how much? 19-something? 25. 19.25. Your Honor. And by the time the check was supposed to come, it was $800. They wanted to take 50% of it. So you tell me, Mr. Jeffrey, what was wrong with the place? A little bit of clarification. The deposit was $19.25. The original move-out okay. letter that she was sent was for deductions. I'm going to need you to slow down a second. First of all, let's backtrack. Tell me what was wrong with the place. Give me the list of the things that was wrong with the place. Tub was stained beyond belief, not reasonable regular wear and tear. The okay, AC give me one second and let me take a let me take a look at that. So that's the tub we're talking about. Yes, okay. ma'am. And is that something that comes off if you clean it or not really? Yeah. We had to hire yeah. an industrial special okay. crew to clean that tub. Okay. What else was wrong with the place? The AC vents. That's the only picture I have. Lance, the marketing agent, is here to testify because he's the one that does the move-out walkthroughs as our broker. Did he take so pictures? He go, the pictures were sent to the plaintiff. However, we still I have a question them. that is so easy. Do you have pictures to show me? Because the only picture that I have in evidence is the picture of the dirty tub. If you give us a minute, we can track, the, we can track what other remaining pictures are there. Okay. Yes. All right. So there was a bunch of things wrong, and you said to them, we will return how much? They got a deposit okay. letter which showed that their deposit return should be $1,005. However, because they had lived there for four years... We offered them a settlement of $1,675 to return the deposit, which... Here's my question. When you sent them the document that says the return is 1000 did that same document say, but because you've lived there four years? Or the did that happen a, because they started to complain? No. The, the initial document said we would give them a, a deposit return of 1675 Okay. So this is the, uh, the letter. It's dated April 15th, which is within the time Florida law requires. And then uh, what it says is you're responsible for the below damages. It goes into an automatic fee that apparently your lease, you don't contest that, right? Apparently your lease, Ms. Uh, Nunez, says that you have to pay 150 no matter what. The 150 that was not in the lease agreement for a lease fee. The only 150 that was in the lease was a $150 cleaning fee to be deducted. So that's where that. Okay, is that what you're referring to when you call it lease addendum fee, Mr. Jeffrey? Yes, Your Honor. Okay, failure to maintain AC vents and uh, mold cleaning, 
They're going backwards uh, and uh, claiming $350 in late payments, excessive stains to the tub to the tune of $95, carpet stained to the tune of $150, wall holes and damage, a light, light bulbs missing. Did you take the light bulbs? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Total damages, $1,105. Your security on file is $1,925. This is a notice of my intention to impose claims in the amount of 1105 on your security deposit. And then he says, if an agreement is reached, instead of imposing 1105, he'll reach the agreement of 395. Okay, so that would be, I, I say I'm kind of confused. How do you get to the figure 1625? We had offered them a settlement deposit. They had 1925. We offered to just reduce it by $300. And, and call okay, because your letter says $395. So are you saying that subsequent to this letter that you've, the parties spoke? There, was, there were a few conversations back and forth where we were, we were okay. trying to show them that we were making a good faith effort to try to find okay. a reasonable amount of deposit for them, which they ultimately agreed Okay, so agreed in the to. end, what was your last offer? The last that offer they that they to? agreed to was a $1425 return which was the reduction of the $350 in late fees and the $150 per the lease. They agreed and signed a settlement and a release of everybody of $1,425. Okay. So if there was $1,925 deposit and $1,425 was what you were going to give back, then you went from a letter that offered uh, keeping only $395 to keeping $500. Yes, because so they So we're going in the wrong the direction for settlements. Okay. Well, they, that was our All initial right. settlement. They rejected it a couple of times. And then finally, I guess they got tired, you got tired, it went back and forth and back and forth. And he's right that I do see a signed settlement to accept 1425, Ms. Nunez. So what happened? Honestly, yeah, I was just tired of just fighting and waiting and wondering what was going to happen. Were we going to get our deposit? I mean, this is during a pandemic and... I overly cleaned, I painted, I left the place so nice. Um, so did you change was, your mind on the agreement? Yeah, I just wanted to go forward because I was done to dealing with the stress and I, I wanted our deposit. So um, we did, we signed, we, we moved forward. And that's when um, seven days later, I sent an email like, where's our check? It's been seven days. And then I'm not sure, a lot of times on the emails, I didn't know who I was speaking to because they wouldn't put their name at the bottom of the email, but um, all they sent back was, it was mailed. So then I just responded, you know, when was it mailed and was it was it mailed certified so if this could be tracked? Um, right, what ahead. was their response when you said, was it sent certified and can it be tracked? They said, um, no, it was sent Thursday by regular mail. Why was it sent regular mail, Mr. Jeffrey? Wouldn't it be great if we could track that payment? Because she says she okay. never got it. She saw the proof of the document from the bank showing that there was within 48 hours of her signed settlement, she had the cashier's that check, proves the copy. absolutely that you went to a bank and you got the check. And that's pretty good proof. You know what would be better proof? Proof that she received it and put it and decided not to cash it because she wants to fight you and weasel her way out of a settlement. That would be better proof. So I'm just asking you, did you mail it certified return receipt or, or any other way, FedEx, UPS, anything that is trackable, she, or did you just stick it in the U.S. mail? 
Yes or no? Answer my she question. Had, yes or no? Your Honor, we did not do FedEx. We sent it regular mail, okay. but she had refused previously okay. two certified mails. Okay. Um, let me hear now from your witness, the realtor, who I believe found um, some pictures. I just wanted to see them. First of all, can we swear him in? Did he? Was he sworn in? Can we swear him in, Douglas, please? Yeah, you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so I hope you got it. I do. Thank you, sir. Your Honor. All right, Mr. Reed, were you able to find the pictures we were looking for? Can you guys you see that? that? That's perfect. Okay, go through okay. the pictures for me real quick, and we'll, we'll be fine. That's a missing threshold entering into the bedroom. Got it. That's a hole in the bedroom wall, small hole in the wall. Got it. That is got the it. very dirty master bathtub. That is peeling cabinets in the kitchen. Got it. Another peeling section. And that is some okay. scuff marks in the bedroom wall. Okay. And that's all the pictures I have. Okay. Excellent, Mr. Reed. Thank you very much. That was helpful. Um, I always like to see it anyway, even though it has no, it, it doesn't necessarily have a legal effect on the case, Ms. Nunez, because I like to see if it's a landlord who's bullying you. Um, as particularly during COVID, or if it's a landlord who has some damages and wants to try to reach some agreement. Those are some damages, okay? Which is probably why you signed, not just because you were bullied or, or exhausted, but you signed. And then at some point, I guess you must decide that you wish you hadn't signed. Because I know they don't have any proof, and, and, and Mr. Jeffries should be sending this certified mail. If you don't pick up your check, too bad for you. He has proof that you didn't pick up your check. Um, so that would be awesome because you're going to pick up your check. You may not pick up other certified mails that are bills, but you're going to pick up something you're expecting like a check. But I know that they cut the check, okay, because they're not going to go. They're a business. They're not going to go through the trouble of getting that cashier's check and not mailing it to you because, of course, you're going to sue. You know, they wanted this behind them. So I believe they mailed it to you, and either you received it and changed your mind, Ms. Nunez, or you never received it. Either way... I am going to enforce the settlement and I'm not going to let you to come here now and sue for the $4,000 because I believe that that, set, that check was probably mailed. Here's what's going to happen. I find that the defendant did what he needed to do in order to comply with the settlement. I find that there is a settlement. You can't, I believe, Ms. Nunez, that you've changed your mind and that, that's why you're suing now, not for $1,425, but for $4,000 because you feel... You've thought it through and you think it's wrong or whatever. I don't blame you for getting mad that a week later you don't have it and they have no way of tracking it. I would get mad at that but too. We never. But I am not going to order them to pay you $4,000. I am going to order them to pay, I'm, I am entering a judgment in your behalf in the settlement amount, which is $1,425. That's my verdict. Good luck, yeah. folks. So the judge says the $1,425 that was sent to the plaintiff is all she's going to get. She can't get $4,000. Let's see what she thinks about that. Ms. Nunez, how do you, how do you feel about it? What's your, what's your opinion? I'm very upset. Um, I never received the check. Um, I dealt with so much stress and left the place super nice. Um, I agreed to $150 cleaning fee, and that should have been the only thing that was taken out. Um, I went back and forth with them with all the fight and stress, um, dealing with all the maintenance calls. It was actually, I believe we deserved more than $4,000. All right, let's talk to Mr. Jeffrey and see how he feels about it. Jeffrey, let me ask you, they didn't get, the, she didn't get the check. Will you send her another check? What, what, what will you do? Happy, happy to make sure she gets the check. This defendant has a long history of exaggerations and lying. 
She was very happy at the unit, stayed there for four years. Even in her last 60 days, I bought her a brand new air conditioning unit. We've responded to numerous emergency phone calls. We feel we treated the tenant great. We waived all of her maintenance deductions and just tried to honor late payments, lease uh, penalties, and we expedited the check, a cashier's check with clear funds. Why she's claiming she didn't get it is just part of her continued exaggerations while living at the property. Okay, so that's the outcome of the case. She will only get the fourteen twenty-five, not four thousand dollars. Very interesting indeed. Let's see what the judges have to say about this. Judges love settled cases and <laughs> settlements, and they don't want to go back and reinvent the wheel when they can avoid it. And in this instance, I guess that was the most important thing for you when you were evaluating the case was you were convinced she settled it. I feel like a settlement is a one-shot deal at being honorable, and if you right. dishonor it, then right. we're back. It's you know we it's a reset. I got, and I feel like I the plaintiff should be, or the defense, right. whoever it is, it's, it'll be a plaintiff because it'll be somebody who's claiming. So you now start the rodeo all over. Again. I think you start the rodeo over oh, again. I don't right, think you right. get to not right. abide by the settlement, <laughs> and even though it's easier for judges, obviously, because right. you don't have to go through everything. Right. You know what? I think it's it's a fact-specific analysis yeah. for a judge. You know, in some cases, you're looking to see if somebody's really behaved dishonorably and like a villain, and the other party deserves whatever remedy they're requesting. Right. I suppose it would be different if, like, if if the plaintiff. Of, I wouldn't let a plaintiff start from ground zero if they said, uh, if, if they said, well, he never even sent the check. Right. Um, you know, so, or, or he didn't send the check by day seven. I got it on day eight. Right. And our Not agreement there. was right. day seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. I suppose that's technically a right. violation right. of the agreement, right. but I suppose I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't start, I wouldn't press the reset. Right. But if the guy never bothered to try to pay. Right. If he did nothing and it's say, day okay, 22. You want to tear off the agreement? Yeah. Sure. Right. It's a matter of degree. As exactly. So much is. Like everything else. Okay, now, Fran wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, uh, our next door neighbor flooded our basement by leaving the hose on for four days. Insurance covered everything except a $1,000 deductible. How do we get our neighbor to pay us back the 1000 bucks? We are now out. Assume in small claims court, this is a perfect case for small claims. And anything you're out, if the insurance company covered some but not all, that remainder you're entitled to. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Kenny Snell. He says he brought his 1997 Ford F-150 to the defendant's shop for an oil change. And when he left and drove it home, boom, oil was leaking out and two cylinders in his engine blew. It's the defendant's fault and he's suing her for $5,000 for all he's now out. This is the defendant, Cynthia Parra. She says she changed the plaintiff's oil. Then a week later, he calls and blames her for blowing his engine. The truck is 20 years old, and she did nothing wrong and refuses to pay. She's accused of blowing an engine. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he brought his truck to the defendant for an oil change. An hour later, the engine blew up. But the defendant says the truck is 20 years old for crying out loud, and she did nothing wrong with the oil change a week earlier. It's the case of blowing a gasket. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Snell, you took your car to Dragon Brothers Automotive to get an oil change on what day? The date. Do you have the receipt? 
I have I have the receipt on my phone. I don't have it on my actual person. Okay, Miss Para, do you, as the business person who's been sent here as a manager to represent, do you have a receipt about what day he had the oil change? I do not have that with me. I'm sorry. I I do know. It's like that the one and only we, thing that you would need to have. How is it you don't have that? Well, it was sent to the owner, and as he let me see it, but he didn't let me keep it. So. But, he well, me but to you're this. in court. You're getting sued. How could? What paperwork do you have? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, Mr. Snell, tell me what happened. Yes, ma'am. So I pull up to get an oil change, and there's customers. They're they're knocking customers out. Of course, it's busy. So I'm guessing they're trying to meet a quota or or whatever. But anyways, I pull in and get an oil change. Take about an hour. And I pay the guy. Maybe they're just the good at what they do, so they had a lot of people going there to get it done. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, All right, maybe. so it's busy. You pay the guy. You don't remember what day that was. You don't have a, the receipt either. Uh, you pay $45 plus a $5 tip, and then what happens? And then I go pick up my son, and once I hit the highway, I immediately, I immediately realized, like, something's off. And I was like, what's going on? And my engine... Bam, like that. It was like, like came out of nowhere, a boom. And I'm like, did somebody just shoot at me? What's going on? And so I called the, the person that did my oil change. And I'm like, hey, I just got an oil change. And um, my, my engine just blew up. You know, I, I'm literally on the highway right now. Me and my son are on the side of the highway, stranded. You know, I don't, I don't have a way to, to get off the side of the highway. I have to call my wife. She's at work. So I called her. And she comes and rescued me after like about an hour um, due to What'd her getting off car? of work. Did you get um, it towed? What'd you right, do with it? Yes, ma'am. I did get it towed to a mechanic, to my mechanic. And he told me that that it looks like they was, they was trying to sabotage me. That's his words. So I was like, nah, there's no way. So I take it to okay. Crane Ford to get a diagnosis. And they're telling me that it looks like they they didn't even try to put your oil your oil plug back in. I can literally take it out with my hand. That's what the guy told me. I can literally take it out with my hand. Do you have anything that you're saying in writing so that you can prove it to me? Do you have anything that you're saying in writing, or is that just you talking? Well, I, well, I had the diagnosis. I had the diagnosis. Yes, ma'am. All right. So now you do have something from Crane Automotive that says multi-point vehicle inspection, and in it it says. The customer states he took the truck to get an oil change at a quick lube shop, and now the engine has issues starting and will not want to crank. Doesn't say anything about the car yes, blowing up. Doesn't say anything about a big bang. Doesn't say that you were just leaving the place. I'll tell you what it really doesn't say. It doesn't say that anything that's happening now is the fault of the oil change. It doesn't say at all what you're saying. You have to say what you're saying to get them to pay for a new engine, but how are you going to prove it? Because you're the plaintiff, and when you come into court, you have the burden of proving your case. You have to be able to prove to me that, in fact, your theory is correct, and you are not a car guy. You're not, you're not a car expert. These guys are. This is what I would expect them to be saying here. It's done every day. People come and they sue after some kind of work and say the work was... You know, the accident that happened or what went wrong was as a result of the work. And they have the, the next mechanic uh, in an affidavit or somewhere saying, hey, this was really faulty workmanship. I mean, it's done every day. It can be proven easily. But you're not proving it. 
And my verdict in this case is for the defendant. Kenny Snell, Kenny, let me ask you, I know you're disappointed in this. What do you have to say about it? I guess I should have had more proof, man. I guess I should have had more evidence. What can I say? You're lucky, Ms. Para, because you came in without any paperwork. You, you couldn't even prove the date that he was in your shop. How do you feel right now? Well, I feel bad for him as well. Um, but that, like the judge says, that happens a lot. And without him bringing the vehicle to us, to where we could have a look at it. So we don't know what really happened. Well, as I said, you, you should feel lucky because uh, neither one of you had the evidence you needed to prevail. So thank you very much. That'll do it for this very interesting case. Let's see what the judges have to say. In this instance, uh, there's a failure of proof when you don't have the expert testimony at hand when you go to court to demonstrate that somebody screwed up your car effectively, correct? Right. But so, I think he was just trying to pin it on the, you know, the oil, the oil change people. Right, you because... didn't even have the oil change invoice to say, well, I had this done at 2 o'clock and at 2.15 I was... I had a tow truck, nothing. Okay, Christian wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, our neighbor's kids are constantly climbing one of our big trees. Are we liable if the kid falls? Uh, the answer is probably not. It's not an attractive nuisance or anything like that. I would tell the kid's parents just so they're on notice. We'll see you next time.